Good morning, everyone. Christina Banfield here, welcoming you back to Reframe Anxiety, Boost Your Sanity. I started this event because of my overall curiosity of how our bodies function under stress, but more than anything, to learn how to peel back the layers of connecting with ourselves. I believe that part of our human experience is to learn how to connect with ourselves so we can have the momentum to live a full life of vitality. Your journey of propelling your momentum continues today as we dig deeper into the benefits of breathwork. So today we'll be exploring the impacts of breathwork with Amanda Asta. Amanda is a founder and founder of Transcend Academy and Transcend Breathwork. She's a certified clarity breathworker and proud member of International Breathwork Foundation and the World Federation for Mental Health. She's passionate about spreading healing and consciousness raising globally in order to change the world from the inside out. I brought Amanda on today because she sees the importance of sharing how to lean into our inner work. And she'll be sharing some of those beautiful tools today. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you for joining us. And Thank you. I'd like to say hello. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's my pleasure. I, I'm super grateful to have you and uh, can't wait to just dig into all the beautiful shares you have for us today. Mm, absolutely. All right. Let's do it. Perfect. So um, my first question for you is to just dig into explaining what breathwork is and the benefits that come with breathwork as well, because we often see a lot of videos on YouTube and it's hard to sift through, well, where do I start? So I'm hoping that everyone watching yeah. today gets a little bit of an idea of, of that starting point. Sure. So breathwork is sort of an umbrella term to describe when we alter our natural breathing pattern. So there are many different types of breathwork out there, which kind of seems to add to a little bit of the confusion because there are a lot of different brands of breathwork, but a lot of those brands are actually offering the same type of breathwork. It's just branded, right? So what I offer in my uh, two different businesses is conscious connected breathwork. Mm -hmm. um, now, I haven't changed the name of CCB, which is what it's abbreviated to. I haven't sort of called it, you know, the transcend method or anything like that. I just call it CCB because I want people to know that that this is what type it is. And so when you look at, um, you know, there are many different brands like Breathwave or, um, oh gosh, there's, there's literally so many, Sacred Breath, all, like so many of these different brands. A lot of them are actually doing CCB. Mm. So CCB or conscious connected breathwork is referring to where your inhale and exhale are connected in an infinite loop. And so basically what we're doing is we're breathing much more and more rapidly than we normally do. And we're actually reducing the CO2 levels in the blood. Mm. So this can lead to respiratory alkalosis, which, you know, we are doing this in a controlled manner. So 
there's nothing to be concerned about here. Like as long as you look at the list of contraindications and make sure that it's appropriate for you in terms of your, your body, for the average person, it's perfectly safe to do. And what this means is when we get into a state of respiratory alkalosis, we actually um, are making the blood more alkaline. And we actually, it, we tend to basically tap into the limbic system. So our mind chatter ceases and we can listen to the other parts of the brain and what's going on there. And in the limbic system, that's where we've got the, um, amygdala and that's where we have a lot of suppressed emotions um you know we also within the limbic system we have a lot of our old old memories too and so this is where when we're doing conscious connected breathwork we're able to tap into the limbic system and find out what are some of the emotions that are lingering there that haven't been addressed that we've been pushing down or numbing out of with all the different distractions that we have, whether that's screen time or alcohol or drugs or food, there are so many ways that we just dissociate. And so breathwork brings us back home into the body to be with what's there and to feel again. And so that is what breathwork is. And <laughs> Now, again, I said it's an umbrella term. So, Absolutely. you know, box breathing and alternate nostril breathing, and then all the various forms of pranayama are also under that big umbrella of breath work. They all just tend to do different things. So I have focused on CCB because I've just found that, you know, people can reach almost psychedelic states with CCB. It is so powerful. And, you know, my own personal experience has been like these profound insights in my life and transformations and I've seen that in my clients and in my students you know like we hear it so often you almost become blasé about it because it's just like you know you hear it all the time and I have to remind myself how special that is to be able to do this kind of work um but so that you know this is the power of CCB yeah um Sorry, you go. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say I love I love all of that because that you mentioned, you know, it's it's normal, you know, for you, right? And I think for the majority of our population, we almost think it's intangible to get to a state of of being connected with ourselves because we're always in this constant motion of getting getting through the tasks and and not necessarily worried about being present, but just worried about getting that task done so you can move forward to the next thing and mm -hmm. so I see breath work as you're describing it the ability to connect with the the mind chatter that might be going on but not letting it put you in panic mode or a fear mode but acknowledging that hey I might be in a little bit of the uh, sympathetic state but being okay while you're focusing, like when you're working through the sympathetic state through your breath work. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing, right? It's like a lot of people who have anxiety, the, the, the anxiety will cause the sympathetic nervous system to come online. And so for some people, when they start doing breath work, they'll feel their sympathetic nervous system kicking in and they'll go, 
oh, I'm starting to feel anxiety. And so what we do with CCB is by practicing being able to go into the sympathetic, we can uncouple this association between anxiety and the sympathetic nervous system. So we can relearn that this mode, this um, gear, if you will, of the nervous system is not inherently dangerous and that we can have these sensations in the body and we're still okay. And we can just be with the body and not making it wrong because so much of, I think what we're taught, whether it's the mind chatter or or the anxiety and, and the nervous system kicking in, we often just make this wrong. And it's not, I, not inherently, I should say. Of course, there's a case by case, you know, s scenarios, but, and, and of course, the people are getting to a point where their anxiety is debil debilitating. Like, of course, you know, there's, there's cause for concern. But these things individually are not necessarily wrong. The mind chatter isn't necessarily wrong. Our, our, that part of the brain is like a computer and it's there to solve problems. The only part where we, it goes awry is when we just get stuck in that and we believe every thought that we have to be true. When we identify with the thoughts that we have and we allow that to take over because it, often when we have recessed traumas, especially developmental trauma from childhood, we're then projecting those fears onto ordinary circumstances. And then those projections then activate the nervous system. And then we feel upset because we're feeling, oh, this, my body's reacting this way. I'm getting anxious. Now I'm getting anxious about getting anxious. And it just perpetuates this cycle. So a lot of this work is coming home to the body and relearning that these things are not necessarily bad. The ego chatter isn't necessarily something you need to get rid of. It's more about how can we create space so that we're not identifying with all those thoughts, believing all their thoughts and being able to um, uh, being able to be in more of a position of observation and control rather than getting stirred up in the whole mix and being able to identify our projections. And then the same thing of just being able to be with the nervous system in whichever gear it's in, whether that's sympathetic or parasympathetic. Absolutely. Because there's also, you know, there, there's also the freeze response of the parasympathetic. So, and, and that is not good to be sitting in all the time too, which is why breath work is great because we're activating both parts of the nervous system. When we first start doing CCB, we're getting that engine going and we're, we're kicking in the sympathetic nervous system. And then towards the end, we do slow breathing to get us into the parasympathetic. So if you're a person who's constantly in freeze, which many people are, then we're going to shift you out of that and into the sympathetic and then drop you into the other branch of the parasympathetic. Whereas if you are anxious all the time and you're in the sympathetic, you might think, oh, it's not good for me to be activating that even more, but we actually build resiliency. Mm. And so when we, when we actually activate the sympathetic nervous system within the breath, we're learning to be able to build capacity and expand that window of tolerance of, oh, okay, I can be with these sensations. 
and I'm just going to be with them and watch them dissipate and actually recognize that I can be in this body, in this mode, and I am safe. And that alone can be transformative for people. And then we drop them into the parasympathetic, and then they can rest yeah. and recover. So <laughs> I think I may have gone off on that. No, no, that, this is actually, a, I see this as a great segue of, tr- of starting to acknowledge, okay, so we, ha- we can build this capacity and ability to toggle back and forth in an efficient way between the sympathetic state and the parasympathetic purely through our breath work, right? But yeah. how, do we, how do we start building that capacity? So what's the process mm-hmm. look like and what are the do's and don'ts that we can yeah. help people identify, hey, if you're in this state, you probably don't want to go this, this route. Um, and mm-hmm. obviously it's going to be a little bit different for each person case by case, mm-hmm. but if we could try to maybe generalize it a little bit of where a good starting point would be and some do's and don'ts or things to be aware of during the process, I think that might be helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, sure. So you had asked about where to get started. So I would say if you're just getting started, um, I would suggest, you know, go really easy, go with uh, box breathing, alternate nostril breathing. These will kick in your parasympathetic nervous system and they're great. You know, that's something that you can do before bed to get you nice and relaxed. You know, last night I, for some reason, woke up in the middle of the night, couldn't go back to sleep and I did some box breathing and it and it helped me go back to sleep. Mm. So it helped me to quiet my mind and to just shift gears internally and then I could go back to sleep. So you can use your breath and these techniques are so simple. Um, So I definitely recommend those two, even if you just do slow breathing, doing it in an inhale counting to 10 and an exhale counting to 10. And you do that for five minutes, you'll feel, just feel You know, I mean, (laughs) I don't have to tell you what to feel. Just try it and see how you feel in the body from the beginning of that five minutes to the end. You'll, I believe you'll feel a shift. Uh, It's, you know, Wim Hof has done some amazing work in terms of proving some some studies around this work. And, you know, um, he's shown that we can actually alter that gear in the nervous system through the breath. And so I would say start with those two and just feel how you're enjoying being able to to create that shift internally. And then the more that you want to, you know, we have to be committed to doing this internal work, right? You got to get to a point where you're going, I'm, I'm done with my story. I'm done with living this way. And I'm willing to do the work to move on because when we go into CCB, that's where we're actually getting to the root cause. And this is another reason why it can be really powerful for things like anxiety and mental health in general is that we're not medicating and numbing and distracting and all of these things that we do to to get rid of something. In the breath, we're being with it and we're getting to the root cause. So that's the other thing is we, we can actually tap into what might be driving these thoughts, what might be driving this physiological response, what are the triggers, the projections, what is the wound that started probably a very long time ago, 
and for some people they may not even remember, but we're able to actually bring it back in the breath because we tap into that part of the brain. And so this is where, you know, we're, I think it's just so much more effective to be going to the root cause of things. And, but we just have to be willing to go there. We have to be ready to go there. So start with box breathing, alternate nostril breathing, just to get a feel for it. You know, especially if people are anxious, it's great to be able to practice different breath techniques just so you have a sense of control because control and fear are very closely related and they're both really tied in with anxiety. And so the more you practice something, you just feel more comfortable and you feel more in control. And then you can move into CCB and CCB is an even easier technique. It just happens to be more powerful. So in terms of your, your do's, that would be the do's and then the don'ts would be, I would suggest do not um, do CCB on your own. Because we go so deep in this work, I don't want anybody going into a trauma loop. You know, that's where you can drop into an old trauma and then you're not actually working through it. You're just kind of there. Mm. And this means that we can re-traumatize, which is not helpful at all. It's not healing. You know, it's damaging. So we want to be accompanied by someone who can hold space for us and help us navigate through any traumas that surface. And so I would say, you know, don't be reckless and do it on your own. Do it with guidance. It's not, you know, when somebody's holding space for you, it's, it's not about them showing you the breath. Like, yes, I have a school where I teach people breath work. But the, the breath technique is like a fraction of what I teach. Right. What I'm really teaching is teaching people about trauma, teaching them about the biology, teaching them about all of the social and cultural conditioning that's, you know, put on us since we're really young and being able to peel all that off to get to who we really are inside. And so, you know, you have a practitioner who's done the work then they can help you to get there. And so, you know, it's, it's breath work is, it's not, I would say so much about the breathing. The breathing's easy. I, and I know that. And I actually love that because it makes it so accessible. It's about the work that we do within the breath. It's such deep psychological work. And so that's why I would say, don't do it on your own. I also would recommend, especially if you have, um, anxiety or previous traumas, don't do it in a big group online workshop because nobody's there to, to help you. If you know this about yourself, get the support that you need. Um, it's so much more important to be safe. And you know, in, in the last year, if you haven't gone on vacation, take the money you would have spent on that and spend it on your mental health because, you know, a lot of us spend $2,000 going away for a week or two overseas and we come back and feel exactly the same. Take that two grand, spend it on your mental health and transform your life. Absolutely. You know, there's a <laughs> lot, a lot in there that I think it would be very helpful for everyone. So I hope everyone is taking notes. If not, um, I do have a surprise for everyone at the end of the summit, which involves replays. So don't don't stress if you didn't catch all of that either. Uh, so there's a few things I just want to highlight. So the do's yeah. of 
the do's of breath work of the box breathing, the nostril breathing and the 10, 10 count for inhale, 10 count for exhale. Um, could yeah. you just expand a little bit on the box breathing and the nostril breathing of how each of those work so they know how do I start that? And I also want to acknowledge that those are starting points. And once you start dabbling into it and you feel called to say, hey, I want to go deeper, that's when you contact someone like Amanda who has the experience to walk you through the developmental traumas that might uh, be needing some work as well. So just wanted to point that out as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, so box breathing is super nice and simple. So that's where you're gonna be doing, let's say a count of six. So you'll inhale, one, two, three, four, five, six, and hold, two, three, four, five, six, and exhale, two, three, four, five, six, and hold, two, three, four, five, six. So you keep doing that. And it's, you know, the, the name for it just makes it so easy to remember. You can do whatever count you want. Mm -hmm. You could do a slower count. You could do a count of eight, count of 10. Um, breath holds are another thing that you can experiment with. Um, although I would say breath holds are, when you get into the longer breath holds, whether it's holding your breath full or empty, then we're getting into a bit more advanced because you can really trickle some, trigger some primal uh, responses there. And then alternate nostril breathing, you know, there's, uh, I always have fun with this. You, you sort of make this fun, <laughs> simple with your hand. Um, it's also called Nadi Shodhana. Um, and uh, if, you know, if after a while the hand if, if this is not working for you, then you can just do it whatever way you want to do with your hands. Um, I know my hands sometimes after a while kind of cramp up. So basically you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be doing a, uh, let me remember here. So you're going to do an exhale. So you're plugging one nostril and then you inhale and then you exhale through the other. And then you inhale through that same nostril, plug it and exhale through that one. And you keep toggling back and forth. What's actually nice about this one is because it adds another layer of complexity, I find it can be really good for getting me out of my mind chatter because I have to always go, oh, how do my hands go again? Which nostril do I start with again? And I'm just having to focus on my face, really, like what I'm doing to my face and my breath. And suddenly I'm not thinking about groceries and, you know, that person that cut me off in traffic <laughs> or whatever it is, right? Um, so that can actually be great for just getting you present. So um, Nadi Shodana is great for that as well. And then of course, just because you're doing slow breathing, um, you're going to be shifting gears in the nervous system as well. So those two are great. And you can find tons of videos explaining, uh, both of those techniques online. So, Excellent. yeah, yeah, I think that's helpful. So people know what to search for now, you know, it's like, okay, mm -hmm. box breathing, nostril breathing, and then they can look it up. 
Um, excellent. Mm -hmm. So I know we kind of touched on the purpose of breath work, but I'd love for you mm -hmm. to expand on that as well. So we can really connect with why it's important. And um, especially for those who are going through high levels of stress or facing anxiety. Yeah, I mean, I would say the ultimate purpose of breath work is connecting you to yourself. We really, like many of us live in societies where we're constantly being conditioned to look externally for all things. That's how our economies run. Are these consumer economies telling you, you know, the secret to happiness lies outside of you, but this is not true. And so it's having to kind of um, take off all of that conditioning and breath does that. When you go into the breath, when you drop in, we often drop into the heart and there's so much wisdom there. There's like a whole other part of you there. And, you know, because we're often sort of like floating heads, we're just listening to the ego all day. When we drop into the heart, it's just a, it's a different perspective. And often we remember things that we've suppressed. We, we connect the dots to different thoughts that we've had but didn't realize they were all connected. Like sometimes you'll realize, oh, my body's been trying to tell me this for eight years and I just didn't, like it's been in front of my face this whole time and I didn't recognize it because I was too busy listening to this, right? And so breath work really, I, I feel connects you to your personal truth. Mm. And that's the power of it. Um, once you really connect with who you really are and you know who you are and you have a relationship to who you are, there is something so empowering about that because nobody can kind of manipulate you beyond that point because you're connected to your truth. Absolutely. And so, yeah. So, I mean, it's just breathwork connects you to all of the things that you need to heal. It connects you to your shadows all the parts of you that you wish weren't there that you kind of pretend are not there um, and allows you to come into wholeness and to acceptance. Um, it's hard to accept yourself if you don't acknowledge that certain parts of you exist. Mm. Um, and if you're pretending that things didn't happen, because a lot of times we say, Oh, that happened so long ago. Um, it shouldn't matter anymore. Or people will say, you know, although it was 10 years ago, get over it, right? And so we're quite dismissive about the things that have happened in the past, and yet they live within us. And even if um, the mind doesn't remember, because with certain amounts of cortisol, we actually won't remember, especially if we're young. And so what we find is that memory also lives in the body and it's not necessarily a visual memory. It's more like an imprinting within the nervous system. Right. And so we can't just, we can't just forget things away and we can't ignore things away. And so in the breath, you come into completion, you come into wholeness and that's, 
that's just it's just so beautiful and empowering and for me you know that's that's what really inspires me in this work is is empowering people i want people to feel in control of their own lives and liberated and heal helping each other and healing you know that's Absolutely. That's what, yeah, that's the future I'd like for us. Yeah, it's, it's um, kind of that domino effect, right? Where you, once you have the ability to <clears throat> hold space for yourself, you're able to hold space for others as well, more presently for them to do their work and support them through it. Mm-hmm. Because that aspect of social connection is so important for us to evolve and help us through the growth process but there's also that component of you got to take ownership of your growth as well and wanting to lean into that work and peel back those layers. And um, one of the things you just mentioned about feeling the body sensations and how certain memories can make this imprint. I'd love for you to just expand on how the breath work is building that, that capacity to really feel and um, bring that awareness component. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a couple of things there. One is that we're building the capacity to be within the body in the sensations that are arising. And so that is a building of resiliency. And then there's also a part in the breath where we go beyond the body. This is where a lot of the magic happens is where we go beyond the body. Um, so in that first part, we want to stay, stay present in the body, notice what's happening, and then also be able to notice that these sensations also dissipate over time. And that gives you a sense of control because you're not trying to control something that, you know, for example, if you're having anxiety, if you try to, if you try to sort of overtake your nervous system and try to control it, and then let's say that doesn't work. Let's say you try to do box breathing and you're and you're going oh it's not working i'm still feeling anxious then you have an even greater sense of loss of control which then will make you feel even more anxious so if we actually just create separation and be able to be with the sensations in the body and then notice as those sensations dissipate then we have a greater sense of control that we can just observe and that we are anchored in that rather than trying to sort of wrestle the dragon Mm. so that's sort of the embodiment piece and then when we drop in past the body um that's where we're able to be with a lot of the emotional material and it's not always emotional like sometimes we're going into these incredible visions of dancing with your ancestors from you know 10 different uh, (laughs) generations, right? And you're all dancing in a field and celebrating, you know, whatever. I've I've heard a lot of these different types of visions. Um, A lot of very healing visions that people have, um, visiting with people that are no longer here, people saying that they were in the cradle of God. You know, I've seen a lot of people I, you know, share these things with me. Mm. And so uh, on the emotional side of things, in terms of emotional capacity, we can feel these big emotions come up to the surface and to be with them as well. 
to be with them so that they can release, um, so that they have expression, they have voice. You know, for a lot of people, they are suppressing anger. And, and especially if they come from a home where anger was a dangerous thing, often they have a lot of trouble expressing their own anger, which means so much of it is pushed down. So something I love to do in the work is, is to actually just hold space for people to just wail on a pillow or their bed and have a full on tantrum and just scream and shout and kick and scream. Mm. Um, because it's so healing to just actually get into your wild and, and fully express yourself in a free way. Um, and so in that sense, they're also holding space for themselves because they're allowing this expression instead of trying to shut it down. Um, so that is also building capacity for that expression. And a lot of this too is about context, right? I'm not advocating for people to just lose their temper in a grocery store. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, that not would, about that. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be very constructive. Um, but you know, it's kind of going, oh, okay, all of my emotions are, are, are safe and they're all equal. And if I'm feeling really angry and I can feel that in my body where that's kind of getting that connection piece going, which breath helps with, then you feel that percolating and you go, okay, um, I'm going to go to my bedroom, lock the door, maybe I'll put on some music and then I'm going to go, you know, beat the crap out of my bed and just allow that to come through. And then the crucial part here too, is not to just release it, to get rid of it. Cause that's just almost the same as dismissing it. We want to release it and then listen, you know, listen to what is actually causing that emotion. Is there a story there? Is there a memory there? Is there something that needs attention? because we don't just have these feelings for no reason. And even if it's a projection, it's a reminder that there is something else, an old wound that's calling to be healed. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, well, I'm also hearing that it's, you know, you're allowing yourself to express your emotions, right? And whether it's through the pillow or you go to the top of a mountain and you just scream it out, whatever it might be. Um, yeah or maybe you need to put your, your body in motion in order to release it. And, mm -hmm. and so after we release that energy or release those emotions on a physical level, then we actually can tap into that emotion consciously and the breath work helps us make it more conscious as well. Um, so that I find very fascinating because sometimes, yeah, it's, it's not socially acceptable to have a tantrum in the middle of a grocery store. Right. And so when we can recognize that that's coming up rather than projecting our frustration on maybe the cashier, whatever it might be, you know, so poor people don't have to deal with our own emotions um, to recognize how our system is functioning, how our emotions are coming up, how they're being triggered is so powerful to be more positively influential in what's surrounding you and what what you're feeding yourself as well yeah and it's also increasing your awareness because since the 
breath connects you with yourself and so many facets of yourself. You just have greater understanding of, of what's going on in the body, what's going on in your emotional body, what are your triggers, what is your story, who, what you are in essence outside of your story. Because that's the other thing too, right, is the more you do this work, the more you hear other people's stories, the more you realize that yours is not necessarily special. That a lot of us have the same wounds. We just we just have had different experiences, but that doesn't mean that we are special or alone in those stories. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes kind of relative over time and you recognize, especially through the breath, you can connect to the energy that you are to see that you are not just this fable. You are the energy that actually sparks the life in the body. And so you're not just this history. Um, And you're also not confined to repeating your history either. And that change is completely possible. It's just that change is a practice and connecting to the breath helps to create the space for you to, continue that paradigm shift that will continue to motivate you in your practice because you recognize that the old way really doesn't work absolutely yeah gives us another tool of how to get a new routine started (laughs) and Mm -hmm. implement better not I wouldn't say necessarily better but more impactful um, habits so we can start Mm -hmm. stepping into the life that really lights us up yeah and, um, yeah I something that keeps coming to me and I we had talked about this previously before our call was movement and the power of movement and the effects it has on the body and I want to be mindful of time so I'd love to touch touch on that before we go mm-hmm. um, um how like the cardio cardiovascular movement is actually very important even when we're in stressful stressful states Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so you know doing cardio is there's a few things that are really beneficial with cardio as much as we don't like to do it let's be honest most of us don't want to go to the gym (laughs) we don't want to go for a run, especially if it's raining or, you know, depending on the weather where you, you live. Um, but when we do movement, we are, well, so many things. We're allowing the body to express itself. We're allowing energy to that is stagnant to actually move and be able to be transmuted. Um, we're also able to activate you know, endorphins and all the happy chemicals in the brain, which is really important as well. And then again, coming back to the nervous system, right? So again, if people are feeling stressed and anxious and they have this association between, okay, when my heart is racing and I feel all this energy in my body, that's anxiety. Well, when we, and when you go for a jog every day, recognize, oh, this this feels this, you know, the same that's because, or similar, that's because it's the nervous, it's a gear of the nervous system and it's not 
necessarily anxiety. And so it helps to uncouple this association because our minds are just always making associations Hmm. to better understand the world around us. And so it can uncouple this association so that you can reap the benefits of, you know, transmuting the energy of physical expression of tapping into the messages that are within the body um, as well as, you know, the lovely cocktail of endorphins in the brain. So, you know, it's, it's really beneficial to be doing cardio. And and that's one thing as well as sort of a hack, really. Um, I, I think it's, it's partly a hack, it's partly not, is that if you do rapid breathing, you're going to activate a lot of the same things, right? So CCB, we're, we're going to be activating that part of the nervous system. So we're getting a lot of the same benefits as we would in terms of activating the sympathetic um, and creating that uncoupling of association mm-hmm. um, and also getting that energy going and that circulation in the body. Um, so if you really don't want to go for a jog, you could do five minutes of CCB max, I would say, because I don't want anybody doing more than five minutes on their own. Um, but it does mean that you're not moving the body and, you know, um, I think we're in these bodies for a reason and the body is actually really wise. The brain actually fully develops two years postnatal and the body as you know, is fully formed within the womb. So the body actually is in some senses that you could look at it as being older. And so there is wisdom in the body. The body just observes your whole life. It just observes everything. And so there is wisdom on a cellular level for you to tap into. This is why we get a gut instinct. This is why we have feelings in the heart. Um, We know that we have you know, parts of our nerves that go into these places. And that's why it's referred to the gut brain and the heart brain. And so that is how we tap into those is through moving the body and slowing the chatter. So you can do that through movement or breath work. Mm, I love that. That's some beautiful insights in there. And I'd say one of my takeaways from that is the association component. And, um, being an athlete, it's for me, I know that I'm a lot stronger in stressful situations because I put my body under stress of movement. So getting my heart rate up, Mm. my body's very familiar with going, (laughs) going with the highs and lows. And, um, Mm. I've noticed, you know, just putting the summit together, there's a lot of moving parts and it's been such a beautiful journey that, it's easy to get lost in what the body's feeling because of the overwhelm, right? But when you become mindful of, oh, this this is kind of a familiar sensation in the body. And I know this this sensation and it's usually pretty happy with this high heart rate or or whatnot when I'm in movement. So it's it's much easier to shift the mindset of becoming more present during difficult times, even when you're feeling stressed. So I appreciate your share and able to conceptualize my experience as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, a lot of athletes say that, that, you know, they work out in the morning, that's the hardest part of their day. 
and the rest, everything else feels easier. And that's, you know, we're really, we're able to build that physical and mental fortitude that, that means that we're less triggered throughout the day. So we're made to move. So it's, yeah. <laughs> as much as we'd like to just sit at the computer all day, we're meant to move and it's, it's good to come back into the body to remember that and, and give that expression back. Well, thank you, Amanda, for sharing all your beautiful insight today and helpful information of where to start with our breathwork journey. I hope everyone else found this helpful as well. Um, Amanda, before you take off here, I, I know you have a free gift for everyone. If you'd like to just explain what that is and how it can best be utilized for those at home um, tapping into that gift. Sure. Yeah, I have uh, two offerings for you. So I have um, one is a coping with COVID um, infographic. So it's got um, several pages of things and I made it in an infographic. So it's nice and easy to read. It's not some big chunk of text for you to read. Um, and so it's got lots of suggestions on just ways that you can uh, add some more you know coping mechanisms to your day-to-day -to, -day to just make this time easier for you and these are things that you know I have faith that that COVID will come to a close you know it's only inevitable it's amount of time so we're going to make it through um, but these are our tools that you can use throughout your life you know and so um, you can look through that on the PDF. And then also there's a, a meditation that I had made specifically for COVID. So um, you can either watch that on YouTube or listen to it on Spotify and just sit there and enjoy. I may actually do a, I think a couple rounds of box breathing in that. So you can just sit there and drop in and enjoy. Yes. Yeah. Um, those are very generous gifts, and I hope everyone takes advantage of that. So make sure to click on the button on the page so you could collect those. Um, it's also in your email, so if you missed it uh, today, and you can just always go back to your email to click on that link. Um, but yeah, other than that, thank you, Amanda. I, I really appreciate your time and your shares. And thank you. Um, oh, you're so welcome. It's a pleasure. And for the rest of you, the journey continues. We have a few more days left on um, the summit. So make sure you are in our Facebook group, Propel Your Momentum, to just join our community. We want to support you through these times of, of shifting our habits and changes because they're not always easy. And it's much easier to implement when you have a support system behind you. So. That's what we're creating at the Propel Your Momentum page. So make sure you're in there and have a beautiful day and we'll see you soon. Much love.